Job. And I want to do something different. And I just, he told me to mind the Lord. And brother, you're right. God spoke to somebody a while ago. He spoke to me. And I believe he spoke to others. And uh, I'm going to preach a little bit. And, and uh, can y'all come in a minute, uh, a couple of hours from now when I get through preaching, and uh, sing It's Well With My Soul. And have you noticed all them Job songs tonight? That's not an accident. In fact, there are no accidents with the Lord. Let's stand together tonight and let's read Job chapter number 1 and verse number 5. Preacher, I love you and I miss your mama. And you let her know Brother Joe's praying for her. And I love coming up here on top of the mountain. I was in Florida yesterday, so you know I'm glad to be here today. And uh, we thank the Lord, and I appreciate Brother Ernie and his precious bride, and I appreciate the Parsons. We get to work together. Do y'all realize what we get to do? We get to serve the Lord. Meet some of the greatest people that's ever been, and love the Lord, and my soul above, I'm about to run. But if I do, you're going to have to come get me because I'm too fat to make it back. I can tell you that. It wasn't that funny, honey. Lord have mercy. Job chapter number one, verse number five. And it was so that when the days of their feastings were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered, underline this now, burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Read this last line out loud with me. Thus did Job continually. Thus did Job continually. Now, beside of that verse, I want you to write down this word, the word before. The word before. You see, verse number five is before all of those messengers came with all that bad news about his family being destroyed and his fortune being destroyed and later on his own health was destroyed and his friends turned their back on him. But verse 5 is before any of that ever happened. So what was Job doing before his affliction? What was he doing before his storm? Well, according to verse 5, he's worshiping the Lord. Living for God. Honoring God before. Now I want you to come to the middle of the book, chapter number 23. And I want you to look at with me in verse 11 and verse number 12. Job chapter number 23, verse number 11. He says, by way of testimony, My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back. The cup. I'll tell you, everybody I've met can't say that. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. 
Beside of that verse tonight, I want you to write down this word, the word beneath. The word beneath. What was Job doing beneath the pressure? Beneath the storm, the malady, the affliction, the test. All hell's broke loose now. The whirlwind's destroyed his family. Everything's gone to pot. A man that has everything is reduced to nothing. And right here, he's right smack dab in the middle of all of that. He's underneath the heavy load. What is he doing beneath it? Well, the same thing he was doing before it. Worshiping God. Hallelujah. Living for God. Doing right by God. He's doing beneath the storm the same thing he was doing before the storm. Honoring God with his life. Now turn to the last chapter in Job's life. Chapter number 42. And notice the last two verses. Job chapter 42 verse 16 and verse 17. I love the opening words of verse number 16. Say them with me. After this. Can I just stop and tell you there is going to be an after this? When I first started reading Job, it felt like an eternity. It feels like his whole life is wrapped up in this one eternal day of misery and suffering. But I've done a little study and I found out the chronological time period that's covered in the book of Job is only a year or a year and a half at the most. What seemed like an eternity was just a year and a half. Now it was a long year and a half. It was a tough year and a half. It was a discouraging year and a half. But it stopped. It got over. And I learned this about storms. No matter if it's a hurricane, a typhoon, a tornado, a windstorm, a rainstorm, uh, a lightning storm, or a thunderstorm. There is one thing that all storms have in common. They end. You ain't never heard of one going on forever, have you? Well, glory. After this. I just need to tell somebody tonight, there's life after this. There's hope after this. There's another side after this. I'm about to enjoy my own preaching. I ain't even got started. After this. After this, Job lived 140 years. After this. And saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. So Job died being old and less of days. I must be reading out one of them funny Bibles. Let me try that again. Thus Job died being old and what? Full of days. You say, well, I don't understand how a man can lose and lose and lose and lose and lose and wind up with more than you had before you started losing. Well, you got to throw God in that equation. And so beside of that verse tonight, I want you to write down the word beyond. Beyond the storm, beyond his affliction, beyond his malady, what was he doing? Serving God, worshiping God, living for God, 
honoring God, doing right by God. He did beyond the storm what he did beneath the storm. And he did beneath the storm what he did before the storm. Because God is always right. And God is always good. And he's always worthy of our praise. So you can be seated tonight and for the next little while, I want to just preach on before, beneath, and beyond. Before, beneath, and beyond. I'm glad that Job loved God before the storm. He loved God beneath the storm. And he loved God beyond the storm. Well, I believe tonight that Job trusted in God before the storm. He trusted in God beneath the storm. And he trusted in God beyond the storm. Well, I believe Job lived for God before. He lived for God beneath. And he lived for God beyond. I believe Job feared the Lord before, and I believe he feared the Lord beneath, and I believe he feared the Lord beyond. I believe Job was faithful to God before, and he was faithful to God beneath, and he was still faithful to God beyond. I believe Job did his best to please the Lord before and to please the Lord beneath and to please the Lord beyond. I believe Job lifted his hands and said hallelujah before. Hallelujah beneath and hallelujah beyond. You say, now why do you think he could do that? Well, I believe God loved Job before and God loved Job beneath (laughs) and God loved Job beyond I believe God was good before and God was good beneath and God was still good beyond I believe God was faithful before and God was faithful beneath And God was faithful beyond. While I believe he was trustworthy before. And trustworthy beneath. And trustworthy beyond. Well I believe tonight that God did not fail Job before. God did not fail Job beneath. And God didn't fail Job beyond. I don't believe the Lord forsook Job before. God didn't forsake Job beneath. And God didn't forsake Job beyond. Well, I believe that God had Job's best interest in mind before. And he had his best interest in mind beneath. And he had his best interest in mind beyond. Why, I believe that God held Job in the palm of his hand before. Held him in the palm of his hand beneath. And will still hold him in the palm of his hand beyond. 
I believe I heard a song about this a few seconds ago. God was able before. And God was able beneath. And God was able beyond. I just want to say a hallelujah before. Hallelujah beneath. And a hallelujah beyond. I just want to say tonight, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus before. And tis so sweet to trust in Jesus beneath. And tis so sweet to trust in Jesus beyond. I believe tonight I can tell you he is a God that cannot fail before. He is a God that cannot fail beneath. And he is a God that cannot fail beyond. You say, well, where do we fit in that? I'm glad you asked. I went to church before. I'll go to church beneath. And I'll be going to church beyond. I pledged my heart to Jesus before. And I pledged my heart to Jesus beneath. And I pledged my heart to Jesus beyond. Well, bless God, I paid my tithes before. I'll pay my tithes beneath, and I'll pay my tithes beyond. I did my best to witness for God before. I witnessed for God beneath, and I witnessed for God beyond. I lifted my hands and said hallelujah before. I lift my hands and said hallelujah beneath. And I'll lift my hands and say, hallelujah, beyond. I'll say, well, glory before. Well, glory beneath. And well, glory beyond. I want to say, hallelujah before. Hallelujah beneath. And hallelujah beyond. I want to say, you can't beat God before. You can't beat God beneath. And you can't beat God beyond. I want to say, he's a personal savior before. He's a personal Savior beneath, and he's a personal Savior beyond. I just want to say Jesus is precious before. Jesus is precious beneath, and Jesus is precious beyond. I want to say hallelujah, what a Savior before. (laughs) Hallelujah, what a Savior beneath, and hallelujah, what a Savior beyond. I want to say he's almighty before and he's almighty beneath and he's almighty beyond. Holy, holy, holy before. Holy, holy, holy beneath and holy, holy, holy beyond. God is on my side before. God is on my side beneath and God will be on my side beyond. He is my redeemer before. He is my redeemer beneath. And he'll be my redeemer beyond. He's a savior to be proud of before. He's a savior to be proud of beneath. And he's a savior to be proud of beyond. He took my sins away before. He takes my sins away beneath. And he'll take my sins away beyond. I'm his child before, I'm his child beneath, and I'm his child beyond. I love him, he loves me, before, beneath, and beyond. He's on my side, I'm on his side, 
before, beneath, and beyond. I'm not going to disown him before. I'm not going to disown him beneath. I'm not going to disown him beyond. He ain't going to disown me before and beneath and beyond. I say worthy is the Lamb of God before. Worthy is the Lamb of God beneath. And worthy is the Lamb of God beyond. God did right by me before. He'll do right by me beneath. And he'll do right by me beyond. Hallelujah, aren't you glad? He didn't leave you before. He'll not leave you beneath. And he'll not leave you beyond. I say look for me at Jesus' feet before. Look at look for me at Jesus' feet beneath. And look for me at Jesus' feet beyond. Hallelujah. He's here before and beneath and beyond. Well, glory. I'd rather be an old time Christian before. Had an old time Christian beneath. Had an old time Christian beyond. And in case the devils are listening in the phone booth dialing 911, I want to give him a special message. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now before. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now beneath. And I won't take nothing for my journey now beyond. Take this one, old devil. I've come too far to look back before. I've come too far to look back beneath and I've come too far to look back beyond. I just want to say it is well with my soul before. It is well with my soul beneath. It is well with my soul beyond. I want to say the Bible stands before, the Bible stands beneath, and the Bible stands beyond. God's promises are real before. God's promises are real beneath and God's promises are real beyond. You say, preacher, I'm going to leave this service and I ain't going to be able to sleep tonight. All that's going to be in my mind is before and beneath and beyond. That's what I'm trying to do. Because tomorrow when the devil comes and tries to hang you over hell, you look at him and say, the Lord is my shepherd before, the Lord is my shepherd beneath, and the Lord is my shepherd beyond. He is my king before, he's my king beneath, and he'll be my king beyond. There ain't nobody like him before. Ain't nobody like him beneath. And ain't nobody like him beyond. He's higher than the highest before. And higher than the highest beneath. And higher than the highest beyond. Why, he's better than the best before. And better than the best beneath. And better than the best beyond. He's incomparable before. He's incomparable beneath. And he's incomparable beyond. I love him before I love him beneath I love him beyond I serve him before I serve him beneath I serve him beyond I praise him before I praise him beneath and will be praising him beyond the storms of life well glory that's just my introduction have I give you my title I'm preaching tonight on before and beneath. Whoop! And beyond. In fact, I want to say whoopee before. Whoopee beneath. And whoop, whoop, whoop beyond. 
three things Job was doing before and beneath and beyond. Well, according to the book, he was worshiping God before, beneath, beyond. Little Job is out there and everything he's got is lost. Mrs. Job comes in and she's looking for him. And I love where she finds him. Now, before I tell you where she finds him, let me tell you where she did not find him. She did not find him at the local bar drinking his troubles away. Can I stop and say that's the dumbest thing you'll ever do in your life? Hello. She didn't find him down at the gates of the city bad-mouthing and blaspheming God. In fact, Job watched what he said under all of this pressure because the Bible said he charged not God foolishly. You say, what is charging God foolishly? Asking God, telling God, you don't love me. That's foolish. God, you don't care for me. That's foolish. God, you forsook me and left me to my enemies. That's foolish. Oh, she didn't find him bad-mouthing and blaspheming God. No, you know where she found him? She found him sitting in the ashes. Now think about this tonight, ashes. You know what ashes are? Ashes are the leftover of a previous fire. Now you boys from Tennessee, this is deep, but hang on, Ernie. If you see ashes, that means there's been a fire there. So Job is in the ashes where a fire has been. Well, where was the fire? Where had it been? Chapter 1, verse 5. Before the stuff ever started happening, he's at this altar with a fire burning burnt offerings to God. So the next day, hell comes, the devil comes, the tempter comes, the trial comes, the affliction comes. What does he do? What does he say? Where does he go? He goes back to where that fire has burned. He goes back to where he's worshipped God before. He goes back to where he's met with God before. He goes back to where he's got a hold of God before and God's got a hold of him. And he reaches down in the ashes of yesterday's answered prayer. Yesterday's met needs. Yesterday's sweet words of peace. And he reaches up and what God did yesterday, and he starts rubbing yesterday's blessings and yesterday's answered prayer and yesterday's met needs on present day misery and hurt. And while he's in the ashes, he is saying something like this, God, I've heard from you here before. I believe I hear from you here again. I've met you here before and I believe I'll meet you here again. God, you lifted my burden here before. I believe you'll lift my burden here again. But aren't you glad the child of God, we got a place that we can go back to called an old-fashioned altar where we worshiped God before. 
where we met with God before, where God got a hold of us before, and we just know he did it before, and he's liable to do it again. Woo! I was in the foyer of our church one day, and I came upon a conversation that was not intended for my ears to hear. But watch what you say for such an hour as you think not, the pastor will walk up. And I heard these three ladies, burn, I mean, wearing out a tongue burn. I mean, wearing out a tongue burn. I don't understand some of these people in our church. Have you noticed some of these people in our church? They go to the altar every time we have church. They go down there Sunday morning, go back there Sunday night. They go to the altar. They must be really wicked or something. And I know you're not supposed to stick your nose in other people's business, but sometimes it's fun. So I stuck my nose in their conversation. I said, hey, gals, as the pastor of this church, I'm not worried about the members who go to the altar every time we have service. I'm worried about them who ain't been to the altar since Moby Dick was a minute. In 37 years, are pastoring the same church, it's not them frequent altar goers that stir up stuff. It's not them frequent altar goers that want to have pastoral election. You say, well, I don't understand why they went back Sunday night. They went back Sunday morning. They go back the next. You know why they went back? They liked what they got so good they wanted another dose of it. All right. How many ever ate at Cracker Barrel? More than once. How many ever ate at McDonald's? More than once. How many ever at Taco Bell? And you live to tell about it. More than once. I got you on this one. How many has ever ate a Krispy Kreme? Listen. If you don't raise your hand, you've ate it more than once, you're a lion right here in this church house, and God will kill you. Because, boy, if you ever eat one of them, you will be back. I just love to watch them come down the conveyor belt. A work of art. I love it when they get under that holy manna, as that heavenly manna just drips upon it. Before Corona, I'd stand there and just lick the glass. And boy, you just sit there and look at that thing, and it's like, ooh. Yeah. Fat people get that way about our food. I know food don't mean nothing to skinny people. But have you ever noticed skinny people, they're ill all the time. You know why? They're hungry. And boy, you just look at that thing. Brother Parsons, your mouth starts to water. Boy, you look at there and you take the first bite and it's a half moon and you take that second bite and it's a total eclipse. <laughs> and man, they put that red sign out there to wave you down. Hot now. You remember Aaron Wilmer and our friend, Brother Aaron and Boy, I miss Aaron. He said one time him and his wife was on a diet and so they made a pact that they wouldn't stop unless that red light was on. But said he noticed every time he went by, the red light was on. 
so they had to make it harder. Even the red light was on, they wouldn't stop unless that was a place to park in the front door. And he said, they went by one night and the light was flashing hot now. And he said, after they circled the block 12 times, they found a place to park in the front door. Oh, you know why you've been to some eating places more than once? You know why you've downed a couple of Krispy Kremes more than once? You know why you drunk a few Coca Colas and, and here's a North Carolina special, Sun Drop. You know why you done some of that more than once? Cause it met a need. You had a craving for it. Well, look at me. I went to the altar one night and God flung a craving upon my soul. And I want more power. And I want more Holy Ghost touch. And I want more presence of God. I want to tell you, brother, when the lightning flashes and the thunder rolls and the hell the breath of hell is after your life. You don't run to the hog pen. You don't run to Moab. You don't run to the far country. You go back in that altar and kick up ashes of remembrance and sing roll back the curtain of memory now and then. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Let's worship God before. Let's worship God beneath. And we'll worship God beyond. I love that word worship. It comes from a root word that means worship. Did you know you can go to church and not worship God? You hear beautiful music, not worship God. You hear preaching and not worship God. Real worship is when your heart and soul and spirit has been broken and humbled before the awesome presence of an awesome God. And from a broken, thankful spirit, you're just telling God, whoop, how much he's worth. And I'm going to tell you something, I ain't worth much. And I don't want to hurt your feelings, but most people I know ain't worth much. But if you want to talk about my Redeemer, my Lord, my Savior, my King, my Shepherd, my Rock, my Shield, my Jesus, He's worth something. He's worth our praise. He's worth our service. He's worth our shout. Let's worship God in spirit and in truth. He's worthy. He's worthy before, beneath, and beyond. He's worshiping God. Number two, according to the book, he's walking with God before, beneath, beyond. Come to chapter 23, Job gives a word of testimony. And I want to say this about Job's friends. Lord have mercy. Would friends like Job we don't need any enemies. His friends had to be Baptist. Because they knew more about Job's life than they did their own. Hello. Some people ought to go to work for the fundamental FBI. They can see your faults. They can see your indiscrepancies and can't see the booger on their own nose. And I'm sorry I said that, but it just come out before I could catch it. Boy, I mean, they can tell you why your kids went bad. 
They can tell you why your mama died with cancer. They can tell you why you got on the employment line. They can tell you why you had your problem and you had your storm, but they don't know nothing about themselves. I found out that crowd don't know nothing about me. They don't know nothing about them. And worse, they don't know nothing about God. And some, they've, his own friends, preacher, has called him a liar, a backslider, a hypocrite. And Job finally called him, you're a bunch of miserable comforters. And finally, Job said, all right, I just got this I want to say. You've been, you've been asking me all these questions. I'm going to clear the air now. Here's my testimony, chapter 23, 11, and 12. He said, look up here. He said, you see my feet? You see these feet? They're walking the same path they were walking before all this ever started. And right smack dab in the middle of it, they're still walking in that same path. I want you to know I have not gone backward from the commandments of his lips. I've not walked to the right. I've not walked to the left. I've not walked back. I've not bowed out on God. I've not burned out on God. I've not blown out on God. I ain't backed out on God. I've not cursed God with my mouth. I've not broken God's law with my heart. My feet are still walking. My hands are still lifting. I'm still a Christian. I still got a testimony. I still got my integrity. I'm living the same way today that I was living yesterday because I wanted to do right by God before. I want to do right by God beneath and I want to do right by God beyond. Can you listen, Brother Joe, tonight? Everybody I ever met in my life can't say that. And right now in your mind, you can think of singers, preachers, deacons, Sunday school teachers, prayer warriors, Bible students, people that you went to church with that you saw lift their hand and praise the Lord and they said they loved the Lord with all their heart. But brother, that trial came, that storm came, Oh, that affliction came and they got bitter, Greg. They got bitter and they quit God and they quit the Bible and they, and they quit the Lord and, and they quit the church. Boy, let me say this tonight. Quitting the Bible and quitting the Lord and, and quitting church, it's not gonna solve your problem. It's gonna make your problem worse. Because he's got him the good time. And he's got him the bad time. He's got him the mountain. He's got him the bad. He's the God of the day. And whoop, hallelujah. He's the God in the night. Can I run a rabbit if I hurry? I ain't going to preach long. But can I run a I got an itch I want to scratch. There's these fellas that's got them some kind of uh, podcast where they get up there and they regurgitate. That's a fancy word for throw up. All the bad things they ever saw in their family and in their church and all them hypocrites. By the way, the next time somebody tells you, I'm not going to go to church because there's hypocrites up there, you look at them and say, come on, baby, we'll slide over and make room for one more. Hello. 
Hypocrites shop at Walmart. Hypocrites eat Krispy Kreme. Hypocrites drink Mountain Dew. And Sundrop. Here's another North Carolina special. Cheerow wine. That's the only kind of wine we can drink. Oh, are you listening to me tonight? I want to tell you, I know there's been some hypocrites. There's been some faults. There's been some phonies. But I want to tell you what I've done. This is the truth before God Almighty. I've met more right. I've met more good. I've met more true. And not only that, I saw enough God in my own mama and in my own daddy. If everybody else would have been a hypocrite, I knew God was real or looking at their life. Hello. And I hear these guys talking about all that negative and all that bad. I just want to tell you something tonight. I'm not ashamed of old time religion. And I'm not ashamed of the way I was raised. I'm sure that I know there's been some folks that kicked out along the way, but everybody ain't kicked out. One Sunday morning I walked out on our in our auditorium and I saw whole on this side, whole row of visitors. And that excites a pastor. Fresh eyed. A whole new man. The choir sung good that day and I preached like fork at lightning and we had a good service. Gave the invitation and everybody on that row. Grandma, Grandpa, Mama, Daddy, Junior, Sissy, Leroy, Abernathy, the whole of the whole they come got right with the Lord. Joined the church, hugged my neck, and said, We've been looking for years for a preacher like you. We oh, we found we didn't know a church like this existed. Oh, hallelujah. They started a crying, hugging people they've never met. They shouted all over the front. They shouted going down the aisle. They shouted going out the door. They shouted going out the foyer. They shouted going out the parking lot. They shouted getting in the car. They shouted going down the street. And I want to tell you, them people got so much of God that day, they ain't been back since. Can I talk to these pastors a minute? You guys don't realize how awesome you are. Because there are some people you can preach to them one Sunday a year and you, you're so good and you give them so much, they don't need it no more. You may not believe this, but you're such a preacher. There are some people that can hear you preach one time in their life and you bless them so much, they don't need it no more. I like what my daddy said. I'm a holy Christian. I got holes in me. I leak. I need to come back and get me a double dose. Well, about a month went by. I didn't see him. I went to the office one day and I said, pull that card. And, and I pulled that card and I called that number. Hello? I said, and you know you're in trouble when, when they say that. I said, yes, ma'am. I'm Brother Joe Arthur from Harvest here. Who? I said, you know, Harvest Tabernacle. Brother, who? I said, you know that church on Walt Stevens Road where your whole family just about a month ago joined? Oh, that one. Now, you know you're in trouble when they say that one. I said, well, we've been missing y'all. She said, well, pray for us, brother. 
We're out of church. I know I shouldn't have done this. And a real pastor wouldn't have done this. But a moron will do this. I said, well, by God, that didn't last long. A month? She said, you don't understand. I said, try me. She said, we got issues. I said, really? Well, can I tell you something, sister? I got issues. You got issues. Gomer and Andy and Goober and Laura Lee Hobbs have issues. All of God's children have issues. I got issues, you got issues, you got issues, I got issues, I got stuff, you got stuff. I said, sister, let's just do this. You get your stuff and I'll get my stuff and we'll go to church together and we'll go to the altar together and we'll trust God together and we'll forward at the feet of Jesus together and we'll give God our stuff and get a load of God's stuff and take some of God's stuff and when you got some God's stuff, our stuff don't matter. He's walking with God, living the same consistent life beneath it than he was before it. Boy, there are some verses in the Bible that put the fear of God in me. And that verse where Jesus said, if a man puts his hand to that plow, and he turns back, he ain't even fit for the kingdom of God. I can't sing like I used to. I never could sing as good as them, but making the joyful noise unto the Lord. And so I got my noise, and here it comes. How want my Lord to be satisfied with me? How want my life to be what he have it be? And when I come to the great eternity, He'll smile and say he is satisfied with me. I know they ain't as good as Naomi and the seagulls, but I want to tell you something, brother. I like that line you sang in that song. They said, Lord, you love me this much. You love me this much that you sent your son. And did you get the second line? Lord, I love you as much. And I love you as much. And I love you so much. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to live for you. Somebody said, why are you living right? Cause something got a hold of me before It's got a hold of me beneath And it'll be a hold of me beyond Don't quit God Don't lay down your Bible Don't walk away from the Lord Don't you desert And turn your back On the best friend you'll ever have Woo He's walking with God He's worshiping God. And the number three, according to the book, he's waiting on God. Before, beneath, and beyond. Boy, I love chapter number 15 where Job makes this powerful statement. Listen to this. Though he slay me, listen now, yet... We need some yet Christians tonight. We need some yet Baptists tonight. We need some yet believers tonight. Yet, yet. Suppose we don't like the way the election turned out. Yet. Suppose everybody in your family turns their nose and turns away from God. Yet. 
Suppose every preacher in the county quits preaching the word of God. Yeah. Suppose America turns her back on God. Yeah, yeah. Though I get sick, yeah. Though I go through bankruptcy, yeah. Though I have a divorce, yeah. I don't know what the devil will fling on you tonight, but determined by the grace of God, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Woo! He's waiting on God. What's he waiting for? Well, according to the book, he said, I'm waiting on my change. Boy, I got a hold of that the other day. Let me take that back. That got a hold of me the other day. And I see a twofold change. I see that future change. That Job is, hallelujah. Look at, boy, I got me some liberty. I may preach another 10 minutes. He's talking about that future change where he's looking out through the eye of faith where he says, I know my Redeemer liveth and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth and though the skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. I won't tell you, but a cancer's gonna change and heartaches are gonna change and broken lives are gonna change. And let me just say this. We may not wear designer clothes, but I'm glad in the glory world we're gonna have a designer body. Woo! I'm gonna have hair again. I got Bible for it. Said there'd be no parting there. <laughs> Do you get it? She's a little slow. She'll come around. He's waiting on that future change when God changes. You know what we're on tonight? Ernie, I believe this. We're on the threshold, buddy. We're, we're not in the last days, baby. We're in the last seconds. Hey, we're in the last lap of the race. Just any day now, brother. Our Lord is coming. I can't believe this. I got a friend of mine, and I love him, but he don't believe in the coming of the Lord. You know what I told him the other day? I said, dude, if you're saved, you got to go whether you believe in it or not. Because he ain't coming back for a bunch of doubters and whiners and patters. He's coming back for the church of the living God. And can, can you imagine going to heaven like, well, I don't believe in it, I don't believe. Hey, bless God, he comes and you go, you'll believe, believer. I'm looking for that day when the Lord comes and the scene is gonna change. You see, what kind of change? The gloom will turn to gladness and the valley turns to mountain and the fear turns to victory. Hallelujah, aren't you glad? Things are about to change. Oh, but I got a hold of this. It got a hold of me. That was a present change. Because by the, whoo, by the time you get to chapter 42, God hadn't changed anything yet. But Job, God had changed him. Well, glory. And you know what? Until he changes things and changes this and changes all of that. Oh dear God, may he change us.
You say, how changed of a man was he? Well, in the last chapter, he made this statement. He said, Lord, I've heard about you. I heard how great and powerful you are. I heard. But now, my eye, I see it. God, I know you're great. I know you're awesome. My daddy pulled me up close to him a little bit before he died and he made this statement to me. He said, boy, you better get to know God and you better get to know him real good because there will come a day in your life where only he will be enough. Oh, Job said, Lord, if you think I had a time before and if you think I had me a spell in you beneath, Lord, beyond this, now that I've done more than hear about your goodness, I've seen it. Lord God, somebody help me right there. I heard about your faithfulness. Now I've seen that. I heard about your glory. Now I've seen it. I heard about how awesome you were. But now I've seen it. Lord, I've seen your power. I've seen your mercy. I've seen your grace. I've seen your love. God, until you change all of that, you done change me. And I'm that I'm a changed man before and beneath and beyond. Well, glory. Can I ask a question tonight? Anybody here ever trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? You know what? I just enjoyed asking that. It looks like to me you enjoyed answering that. Anybody here ever trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Why don't we just lift both hands and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory, to God. Glory to God. Turn to somebody and say, my sins are gone. And I ain't looking for them. Woo! All right. How many of you was bad sinner? Honey, we better all get our hands up right there. How many of you think it's a real big deal that God Almighty could forgive you of every single dirty, rotten sin? I'm going somewhere. How many of you tonight think it's a big deal that God said, for sin and iniquity, I will remember no more? My God, that's a big deal. Now here's what I want to tell you. If God is big enough to forgive you of every stinking, rotten, dirty sin. Let's have one more vote. How many think that's a real big deal? Well, if God can do that, nothing else ain't no big deal. Why, if God can forgive you of every sin, why can't God deliver you from every worry? 
God can forgive you of every sin. How come he can't move every mountain? I've been dealing this week in my own heart. Philippians 4, the Lord will and I preach from there Sunday. Where he said, be careful for nothing. That word careful means to be tore out of the frame. To be pulled apart where there's nothing left. That's verse 6. But verse 7 says, And the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep put back together. Hold in place. Woo! Your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And the Lord willing Sunday, I'm going to preach from panic to peace. All of you come on down and bring your ties and we'll have a big service that day. Well, let me ask you this, sister. Be honest with me. If God can give you pardon, how come he can't give me peace? If he can forgive me of every one of my dirty, low-down, rotten sins. By the way, you know who's preaching to you tonight? A rotten individual that ought to be in hell. And I would be if it wasn't for Jesus. And if God can forgive me of my dirty, rotten sins, every one of them, no problem, no fear, no trouble. It's too big for God. Because you know what? I'm holding to his hand before. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And I'm holding to yeah. his I'm holding to his hand beneath. Yeah. And boys, we're gonna hold to his hand yeah. beyond. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your name. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. You remember that day you got saved? Yeah. You bowed before him and said, Oh God, yeah. forgive me of my old dirty rotten yeah. sins for Jesus' sake. Amen. And he did. Yes, sir. Yeah. And then there's been many, many, many times, I, I'll talk for me, not y'all, but for me, many, many, many times I've had to go yes, back and say, yeah. No, Lord, yes, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, Lord. I failed yeah. you today. Yeah. Oh God, I'm sorry. Yeah, been there. But I love you, Lord. Yeah. I got a need, I got a problem. My family, my children, God, my home, my finances. Oh, God, I need you today. And God came through. But Ernie, I read the back of the book. In the new Jerusalem, before the throne of God and the Lamb, they're down there again. Yes, sir. Going, hallelujah, glory, worthy, thou art God. Woo! Bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Oh, my. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I found me a place at Jesus' feet before. Yeah. I found me a place at Jesus' feet beneath. And way up yonder beyond. I'll have me a place at Jesus' feet. Well, glory. If I'd have known I'd have had this much fun, I'd have come last night. I just want to say the devil's a liar before. The devil's a liar beneath. And the devil's a liar beyond.
And since I'm on a roll, he's a stinking loser before. And he's a loser beneath. And he's a loser beyond. Jesus is the king before, the king beneath, the king beyond. Well, glory. Can y'all sing that for me? I want us to stand together and we got room over here, got some room over there, got some room down here, and got some room in your seat. Won't well, you just lift your hand and say, Jesus, I pledge my heart before. And I pledge my heart beneath. And I pledge my heart beyond.